The scripture reading this morning from, is from James 3, verses 13 to 18, and that's found on page 1883 in your pew Bible. Two kinds of wisdom. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in, hu- in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap reap a harvest of righteousness. These are the words of God. Thanks, Art. Our text is the verses 17 and 18, that godly wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure and then peace-loving. Consider it submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Those peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Congregation of Jesus Christ, over the summer we've been looking at the letter of James and it's been challenging. It's a challenging letter. It confronts us and calls us to live in a way too that we, we need to be reminded of often. And so this time of, of looking again at James challenges us again this morning and the real area that is being looked at this morning is how, how are we going to live in, in a culture that doesn't acknowledge God? How can we truly in wisdom do that? Live as Christians, as followers of, of Jesus, as believers in God and in a culture that, that doesn't do that? What do we do? How do we live? The letter of James was written to the scattered believers. That's what we understand from chapter 1 of verse 1, the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. And we've looked at the fact that as the church in Jerusalem was being persecuted around the time of Acts 7, and Stephen, the deacon, was stoned to death, and then it says in Acts 8, the church scattered. So the believers left Jerusalem where there was all kinds of familiarity with the biblical tradition, with the, uh, the worship of the true God, with Jesus coming to save. All of, all of that changed when they left. They left Jerusalem. They went by land and by sea. They fled for their lives. And they ended up in different places throughout the Roman Empire where pagans lived, where Gentiles lived, where there were different cultures, different religious traditions. And so I would suggest it was somewhat like what we experience even here, where, where the culture has changed to more of a godless culture that we live in. We, we find that just though, though we haven't changed, we haven't moved so much, we are here, but, but around us more and more, and if you ask people too uh, about things of faith in God, they, they don't know, they don't care. If you ask them about the Bible, they haven't read it, they don't know about it. 
More and more it is moving that way around us. And so we find ourselves too living in a, a context where people are, are not familiar with things of faith, of God, of Christ. And when we do that, how do we then respond? How are we to act? How do we live out our faith? And again, the, the words of James too, that we need to be wise. We need to wisely present and, and, and be and live in a way that, that shows who we are, shows who God is. How do we do that? Wisdom needs to guide us in being that godly presence. So this is that wisdom of God speaking into the lives of the people that James is writing to and speaking into our lives today. How do we go about that? Two things are stressed. Lives of purity, when it says in verse 17, first of all, pure. And the second thing, peace-loving, which gets picked up again in verse 18. Be peacemakers who sow peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. And we're going to look at those two in a minute. But first of all, I just want to set it up a little bit to contrast. Two things. If we think about the two things, if, if this aspect of purity and peacemaking aren't there, what, what is there now? What, what are kind of the two things that are the wisdom of the world, the godless wisdom of the world. What, if, if you talk to people too who, who don't read the Bible, who don't know God, who don't think about Jesus or things of faith in any way, if you just have a conversation with them in the mall here in Lacombe and, 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 and they would respond, what are the two things that, that really are of importance to you? that you really want to focus on, concentrate on, that I'd really guide your life, and, and what, what are those two things? Well, what do you think they would say? What are the options there? there? There are, yeah, you get a variety of things perhaps, but let me, let me suggest two. Say, for example, the first, the first stress that our culture would put forward would be health. Health. Your health, my health, our health, that's a priority. Right? I talk to people generally too, outside the church, and, and, and just talking about things, and yeah, if you have your health, if you are healthy, you have everything. They'll put it that way, right? Your health is everything. And so we, we see that worked out in our culture. How much of the Alberta government budget is set for health? A little over 40% of the entire budget of the government of Alberta is health. Healthcare. Why? Why? Why are we good with that? Why is that? Well, well, of course we're good with that because our health is number one. If I'm not healthy, nothing is good. So health is is the priority. My health, and so 
you have the health care, you have, you have the health research, if there are areas of health concern, dollars spent. It's got to be research. We've got to know more so that we can be healthy. We've got to have, have all the health food industry now. Careful what you eat. And there's varieties, people more or less, but I mean that whole push is there, right? And that's, that's very much part of things. The whole exercise movement too. Be healthy, exercise, everything, your health. And that, that rises up to be number one. And even when we come together and talk to each other, how you doing? I'm doing good. What about this? Yeah, a little ache here, a little this and that, and, and it's, it's part of our conversation too. And that's, that's there, and we understand that. It's, it's reasonable, it's, and, it's, and so you're thinking too, Pastor Mike, what are you talking about healthier for? I mean, we all need to be healthy, right? Absolutely but that it, it rises to the very top of everything. Is that, really, is that really the first, the first thing? And so, so in our culture, people would say, they would, if, if I would say to people too, well, maybe, maybe not, they would think, now you're not, you're not right, you're wrong. The second, I would suggest, most important thing, maybe even, uh, coming in a tie with health. Tied for the gold medal. Yeah. If you ask people too, what's going on in your life? What's the priority in your life? And if you speak to people, uh, it would be money, right? It would, it would be okay. You need to have money. Money is very important in life. And money is, is a focus of life. You have to decide. You have to get a good education so that you can get a good job, so you can make good money, so that you can live the good life. And so maybe you wouldn't go to Albania because <laughs> the money isn't so good. Right? Right. It's just a general thought. Right? Generally, generally talk about what, what, what is the priority? What do you think? What is the wisdom that you would live by? Okay, the money. Let's, let's talk about the money. Let's look at and be careful with the money. And that priority get more. I was talking to someone last week and they were going to be adjusting a little bit in terms of the amount of money that they would actually be bringing in. And the, the, the thought was too, you always live to the money you have is gone. It's, it's, you, it's, it's something, if you don't have as much, but still, still, whatever you have gets used up. If you have more, whatever you have gets, it's all... It's amazing with money. It's just constantly demanding. It's constantly central. It's constantly my happiness, my security. I never have enough. And to keep that, that's the focus. And even if, if you drive through Lacombe, the center of town, you have a bank, another bank, another bank, and, and you have, yeah, the money. Let's, let's make sure, because there's two things that are important. My health and my money. That's, 
that's often there. And so the wisdom of this world, if you had to focus with people, ask, that might be a way at how it would be discussed. Is there something more important? Is there anything more important? The wisdom in our godless culture, health and wealth. James is speaking against, really, I don't know the exact examples that he would have in mind as the people were going out into the Roman culture of the day. But the, the focus that is not on God, that is on self, is really the center. And so he speaks in relation to, to the threat of, of human earthly wisdom that denies God and puts the self at the center. And you can see that just, I picked these two examples too, because what happens if, if you're a person who has their health and who has, yeah, enough money, then, then the next step is, well, I don't need God. I have, I have my health, I have money, I do what I want, I, I don't need God, I don't need church, I don't need faith, I don't need religion, I, I have what I need. I have my health, I have money. And so you see how that goes. And you see how, how James calls that kind of, kind of behavior too, kind of a, a boasting, a selfish ambition, uh, uh, denying the truth in verse 14 where the truth is that there is a God, but we deny that. And, and you go forward with these priorities and you seek to work it out. He, he touches on in verse 14 the the result of that, how, how people then live with each other, and, and he comes, uses the terms bitterness, bitterness, people live bitterness and envy, bitter envy, and so that's a real mark of our culture, I think. Why don't I have better health? And then I, people get bitter, hey? And then, why don't I have more money? And people think, too, what's, what's up with that? And they, they, they're never happy, never satisfied. And then the envy comparing, those people have more, and those people have better health, and, and so my life is no good. My life is awful, and their life is so great. And so you, you begin to live in a culture of that envy and bitterness. James says, too, when you have that self-centered focus, when you, you are not thinking or seeing anything of God or faith or anything else other than yourself, then, then the devil has you. That's a, a devilish, unspiritual, earthly focus, verse 15. And that causes disorder and every evil practice. So that reality is, is contrasted then. We want to live differently. And the contrast to disorder and evil practice is peace and purity. Peace and purity. 
And so in verse 17 and 18, those two priorities of God, the true priorities, the true wisdom, godly wisdom, and it's based on verse 13, just like it says in Proverbs, James is wisdom literature, James is the wisdom of God, and in Proverbs it says too, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so James here in chapter 3, verse 13, says, as who is wise, who is understanding, uh, show it by deeds done in humility. And what he is, he is basing his, his two priorities on is that sense of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, that we actually begin truly humbling ourselves before God. And that's actually saying what, what Rick Warren says, the very first line in his book, The Purpose Driven Life, it's not about you. What? Your life is actually not about you. Say, wait a minute. I thought it was all about me. Say, no, no, no. Your life is actually not all about you. It's about God. It's about his will, his work, his presence, and his glory. And so that's the humility that, that starts this passage, verse 13, that as the believers go out, they go humbly trusting in God who has, has yeah, this persecution is going on and it's difficult, but, and it's not easy for them, and their life is at risk, these believers who... James is writing to, and their money prospects are poor. But they can trust that God is with them. And they can seek to live in that understanding of who God is. And that moves to Christ when it says in verse 17, the wisdom, the understanding, humbly, my life is is under God, before God, and then it says in verse 17, the true wisdom comes down from heaven. And, and who came down from heaven? Jesus Christ. The true wisdom is focusing on God and his love in Jesus Christ. And Jesus comes, as it says in 1 Corinthians 3, the wisdom of God. And so our life, our life needs to be humbly focused on God and on Jesus, our Savior. That's, that's the focus. And when that's the focus, the first priority is, is purity. Psalm 24, a pure heart. It ties, it ties into the picture of, of heavenly purity, purity of God, before God, the holiness of God, the will of God directing our lives. And Romans 11.36 has, has the picture of for from him and through him and to him are all things, uh, a pure spiritual focus that we have that at the center, the God who made us and loves us and calls us to serve him. And then, then it goes to, I think, Jesus' words, as Jesus is preaching in Matthew 5, verse 8, the Beatitudes. And if you remember in the Beatitudes, he says, blessed are the meek, uh, blessed are those who mourn. But what does he say? He says, blessed are the pure in heart. That purity. 
Blessed are you when you have that focus, that understanding. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And, and, and what is that, to see God? Well, that, that, that has a future sense, absolutely, that, that by God's grace in eternity we would see God. But it's very much more the sense of right now. Jesus is talking in the Sermon of the, on the Mount, when you see your neighbor, uh, uh, love them, care for them, serve them, in, in all that you do, that you see God, the pure in heart, when your heart is pure, you see God in your life and around you and calling you in different ways to serve him and to help him and to guide him. So even if you do have health struggles, you just bitter? You just envy others? No. Your whole perspective changes. It's not easy, absolutely. But you see God. You see him helping you every day. You see him giving you opportunity to minister to others who struggle. And in the wisdom of God, you trust that he knows, he understands, he is there, and he provides in amazing ways. And so your higher priority is to see God, to have your heart pure, to put your trust in him. God continually walking with us each day of our lives. God present in every situation. That's the priority. That's a witness. A witness in a world that just, well, me and my health, and when my health is no good, that's not right, and I want the government to build another hospital, and I want them to research what I'm struggling with. That's the only hope. No. God's presence, God's power, God's Spirit renewing us every day. See the presence of God. And in that sense, we can be at peace. The wonderful peace of God. To have that peace, first of all, is the underlying sense of peacemakers here. And then also, the background is very much the understanding of the Old Testament of shalom. Peace. And shalom in the Old Testament is peace with God, first of all. That, that I know that my sins are forgiven. I know that God loves me and cares for me and watches over me. And I don't doubt it. I know it. I'm at peace. And that sense of shalom flows in the Old Testament to all areas of life. When you are focused on God, when you are in a right relationship with Him, then you can live at peace. And that that peace flows into all kinds of situations so you can be gentle with others not demanding or quarrelsome or aggressive but gentle when it says here considerate in verse 17 it's it's giving just a few more adjectives what does that look like to be pure in heart to be peace loving well then then you can be considerate and gentle with people always treating them kindly and well. 
Not, not an aggressive neighbor, you know, you're my property, your property. No, you can be peaceful and gentle with people. You can witness to them out of the peace of God. You can be submissive. Verse 17, striking word, submissive. I don't want to be submissive. It's my life. It's my money. It's my health. I'm going to get what I want. No. The wisdom of God. Peace of God in my heart. Recognizing God is guiding my life, so I submit myself to him. And I work with people. I listen to God and I listen to people. And I seek to understand where they're at and I seek to be a witness to Christ in their lives. And it might, it might mean I don't get everything I want. It might mean I don't step on people or climb over people or push people. I'm not loud and harsh. I'm seeking to have God speak to me and through me to others. Full of mercy, to be merciful. How can you be merciful? Because you have received mercy. To be full of good fruits. Well, I have no time to be doing good things for others because I have to do everything for myself. No, I don't have to be doing everything for myself. God calls me to be fruitful and help and build his kingdom and to be sincere sincere, not a double standard, not looking good on the outside, but deeply flawed on the inside. To actually say, I'm a follower of Jesus, and to live like you're a follower of Jesus. And it's remarkable how people outside the faith kind of know when you're not doing that. <laughs> and so often Christians get called hypocrites. And yet we, we sometimes don't see it to sincerely live out what we believe. So the wisdom of God calls us to be pure and peace-loving, to live by that wisdom instead of getting caught up in the false wisdom of this world, to imagine what that could look like, to seek to do that more and more, to have less of ourselves and more of Jesus. So the question is, can you surrender yourself? Can you surrender things? Can you surrender to the will of God? That's a challenge again for us today. It's a constant challenge, but in God's grace we can. More and more learn to live less of ourselves and more for Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing all to Jesus.